our hilarious comedy crew are here again as they carry on camping and causing chaos and confusion wherever they go. So if you're losing and that push you far, then there's no need to worry, cause I'll be camping hard. Yeah, I'll be camping hard. Keeper, you've just made a decent save So why do you feel the need to rant and rave? Screaming at defenders Makes you look dead stupid Especially when they haven't done much wrong Please cease the trait Well hello again and welcome to episode 38 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're coming to you live, well recorded I guess, but still live, we're alive. Recorded live. We're recorded live. We're coming from UBC, Thunderbird Stadium, after day three of Vancouver Whitecaps 2014 pre-season training camp. Not a lot happening. Some more guys have arrived, but they're going through their medicals at the moment. But there's there's been some interesting and some really standout performances so far. And a lot of those are coming from the young guys, Steve. Yeah, I, we were talking about it while we were watching it. We were think, saying we're, we're going to be sounding like broken records over and over again. You know, talking about how good the residency players are playing. But it's true. The, uh, guys like Froze, Bustos... Uh, Mitch Pro yesterday, especially, really impressed and and didn't seem out of place at all, and, and impressed and seemed to be playing better than some of the regular guys that are on the contract and everything. But the, the young guys have really impressed, and today Kian's froze. Some of those finishes were just outstanding. Yeah, in close from uh, outside, well, not outside the box because it was like a short field scrimmage, but. From in close, he was really good. He tipped the ball past Usted, and he was shooting on Usted too. So he was shooting against an MLS quality goalkeeper, or some would say MLS. Some people might disagree. Yeah, it's good to see that the their appetite has been met, and the hunger continues to, to grow amongst the young players. If you include Sam Arikukbe, there's actually seven of the residency guys in camp. I know he's got his contract, but out, out the under 18s, there, there's seven of them in camp at the moment, and. You would expect them to, to be showing that they've got that hunger. You expect them to, to want to really go for it. And they have done. What's maybe surprised me is some of the more experienced players, they just, it's early days, we're three days in, they're, they're just not standing out yet. There's some guys I haven't even noticed so far. They, I, think, I think it's the whole thing about being a veteran and, and taking it easy, especially when you're older and everything like that. Plus, you... you to be honest, there's not very many older guys here. If you take into consideration that Kenny Miller is off injured right now, he seems to have aggravated his knee. Uh, I, I nearly the ran first him over day. in the car park when I arrived, so that could have been a big story for the podcast, a big scoop. I, I think that uh, yeah, I, there's a, this idea that you know veterans know what to expect. They know how to pace themselves into into a preseason. Hopefully, that's what it is. But there's also uh, there's also uh, 
one good thing coming from the from the older players in the side is you hear how excited and how happy they are and about what the young kids are how they're performing so far in the first three days of training and how that how that bodes well hopefully for the immediate future but also the long term for yeah, future of the club. One player um, off the record he said that the um, if the Whitecaps are able to keep this group and he mentioned guys like Fisk. He mentioned guys like Bustos, Froze. If they're able to keep them here for two to three years and get them quality playing time, uh, th this team could actually be something special. So it was very encouraging to see that mm -hmm. from a veteran player who you think is trying to save his job, so he doesn't really want to praise the young guys. So it was it was a good, it was good good to hear from that. One of the more experienced guys who has really started to, to come onto his game in, in the three days so far, though, is Nigel Rio Coker. He started off a little bit quiet on Monday, but I mean today he was looking sharp, he's looking fit, he's looking hungry. I think it's more that he was, somebody must have told him there's not going to be a media scrum today. So I think he was very excited about that, that maybe pepped up his uh, <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> but I, I've noticed in a lot of the scrimmage games, he's been on the teams with Marco Bustos. They definitely seem to be keeping them together, trying to get a bit of chemistry about it. And I mean, Nigel's spoken highly of, of, of Bustos in the past. Bustos mentioned that he's learned a lot so far this week from the likes of Nigel and also Andy O'Brien. So, I mean, it's, it's good. Could he be the new Russell Tiber this season, the, the guy that Nigel takes under his wing? I think Nigel's going to be branching out to everybody. I don't think he's specifically going to go after, like, go, like, boost up Marco Bustos. He's talked about Froze in the past. So I don't think he's going to be signaling on one person. I think he's kind of. He's going to let uh, Russell fly this year on his own, so I don't think he needs to... Carl Robinson, I think, is creating, or at least it seems like he's creating this culture of, of, of the value of every player, doesn't matter their age, uh, with a with this, the sense that there can be this quality contribution from from uh, anyone who's going to be in the 30-man roster. And so I think I think, I think think it comes from him, and I think that's helpful, and I think that's a very positive and, and an exciting sign. We also have to temper that with the, okay, a lot of these younger players have played little to no MLS time, and what will that actually look like, and what opportunity will they get once the, once the season actually starts, and you know it's going to be exciting over these next whatever it's uh, four or five six games whatever we have in the preseason to see how much they get in, how much they are actually used, because hopefully that'll say something about how what things are going to look like for first kick. And and you were mentioning Nigel, I know I know everybody singles Nigel Rio Coker cuz he did such a good job with Russell Tiber but you can't discount the contribution that Andy O'Brien is doing mm -hmm. in the scrimmages as well. After he's been very vocal this week. After every after every break he's always pulling aside one of the younger players and talking to them and and explaining and that um, it was fascinating to see, the, even at one point when he, when Marco Bustos couldn't win uh, one of the challenges, he, he told him, uh, you know, in in my own terms, but uh, he said, he said, uh, Marco, put your backside into it. He used more colorful language, but but essentially, the, it, it's good. It's good to see that the the veterans are are kind of grooming, and uh, we always mentioned that well, we don't see Andy O'Brien back because who knows if you know if they can afford them, but maybe this nurturing of the players will, will be a, you know, worth the money they're going to pay them. Now, another young guy that's really been flying in the, the opening days of camp is Omar Salgado. Mm -hmm. it, it's very much a, a make-or-break season for, for Omar after all the injury worries that he's had. But before we, we talk about him, let, let's hear from the man himself. Steve spoke to him after training today. Here's what he had to say. <laughs> So 
So, uh, Omar, you're finally three days in, brand new season, almost like a brand new beginning for you. How do you feel after the first three days? Yeah, I feel really good. I mean, I'm obviously looking forward to, to the season and you know, hope for the best for the team and, and for myself. So, um, yeah, excited. Do you, do you have any lingering effects of the injuries at all? Have you felt anything in the last few days being back at training full-time? Yeah, no, I mean, my foot feels pretty good. I mean, uh, it's the best I've felt in a year and a half for sure, so I'm excited about that. I'm uh, excited to move forward from that, and uh, yeah, just excited for the beginning of the season. How, how is the like, a mental aspect of that, like getting over the injury and everything? Because you came back, you got injured, you came back, got injured. Like, is it that like still lingering, or is that like, completely out of your head right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got over it. Um, yeah, it was difficult for, for a year and a half. It was difficult. It was difficult to, to really see the end of it. Um, it's always, you know, you, you can't really see the end of the tunnel, so it's a frustrating part of the game, and you kind of just have to hold in there and have patience. What, what are the, in, in your time off away from the pitch, what are the things that you think you improved on that will help you when you return to the pitch in the game in game situations? Yeah, I think mentally, I mean, you know, uh, you have a lot of time to think about, you know, what, what you can do better on the field, and and you kind of, you know, see your teammates play and see where you can where you can be and, and how you can move around the field to, to make the team better. So I think you, you mature a lot more and and you kind of see aspects outside of the field that uh that help inside. Obviously, you're gonna you want to play wherever you you get a chance. But what, do you have a preference to where you play? The left side, in the middle. Um, do you feel like you've kind of um, made a case for being a central striker like you drafted at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I can be both, really. I think at, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I just want to play, and I feel, you know, this year, I'm gonna have to play to, to, to prove that I can play here. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward to that. Hopefully, wherever it is that, that I play, I mean, I'll, I'll play up top and the side. Doesn't really matter to me. Do you have any uh, goals or expectations that you go into the season with this year? Yeah, I'm just looking to do well, the best I can. I mean, I, uh, I just want to play as, as well and help help out the team really um, make the playoffs and, and see where where that takes us. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot, man. No problem. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. So Omar Salgado, it seems like he's got. Uh, a positive outlook on the season. Um, he's also, uh, like I tweeted yesterday, he's, he's shown that he's really on the on in the scrimmages, showing a good touch around the ball and uh, good finishing. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, where where does he fit in? Uh, at the beginning, when we had our kind of off season, we thought maybe fifth, sixth striker in the depth chart just to get him back slowly. But he's kind of moving up in that, isn't he? Yeah, we'll have to see how things develop over the the longer haul in the preseason to to. To, to really know better where he'll fit in. Yeah, I think there's lots of people who would just love for him to be in that the, the top couple starts. I think, Michael, you've been writing how you see him in in, in opening in the opening day uh, starting 11 or the opening day side or whatever, and I think that would be that would be an encouraging sign. It's all about him staying healthy and him um, just do, using his gifts and abilities on the pitch, which it sounds like he's uh, been doing very well over all three of the days here here in the in the first training camp. One thing I would say about you know you were talking to him and you, you saw that typical player hunger like I want to be on the pitch, I'll play anywhere kind of thing. I think really. Omar Salgado and his not only his his talents but more so his his size and his, his physical makeup he sh- he is not a winger he is yeah. not a natural winger which is not a knock against him it's just to say he is best suited uh, as more as an out and out striker a center forward kind of position I think a lot is going to depend on the formation that Robinson's going to play and we still don't know what that's going to be 442 433 
4-2-3-1. I still think it could be 4-2-3-1. And in, in that lineup, I think we will see Omar out wide. He could be the guy that plays up top, but I'm, I'm not really sure. I think he could, he could cut it as a winger. He's big, though. Um, he, he, I don't know if he's bulked up. Oh, he's, no, he's he, has, he has. He has. He the looks difference, a lot bigger. The difference from him from now, from 2011, has, mm-hmm. is dr- dramatic. And I think that's probably what he worked on because he, he obviously he can work on his upper body when his foot's hurt, uh, injured, right? So he's obviously worked on it, and he's explosive, in, especially in the short distances uh, when you need to get that separation from the defender that's on your shoulder usually. So I think I think there he's showing that he can he can maybe make it as a central striker. He has the strength and his explosiveness. Yeah, and I I do think if he keeps up the form, and I know it's early days, you have to to take everything that you see so far with a a big grain of salt. But if he keeps up the way that he's been going and he keeps the attitude that he's shown, he's been banging the goals in in the scrimmages, he's been looking sharp in all the training tests, I do see him starting uh, in, in first kick. I, I think he, I think he may you're right he might be he might be used in one of those wide positions in a four two three one that still doesn't make him a winger I mean we've been, we've been playing people no. in those positions uh, you know in, in a four three three in those wide positions that aren't, aren't wingers either so p- putting him in that spot does not make him a winger it, it's maybe asking him to play in that kind of role and which I yeah he could but I don't think it's I when you're talking about ideals I don't think that's the ideal for him um, but who knows yeah maybe he'll go there and he'll make make a contribution and change my mind and yeah we'll see it's going to be interesting to see how he plays in the practice games next month and I mean for all these guys that's impressing just now it's fine doing it against your teammates it's fine doing it and showing up in the training pitch it's how you actually perform in a game and we'll, we'll get a good gauge of that pretty soon when they move down to Arizona and then they, they go to Portland at the end of the month for the Rose City Invitational Tournament now, another uh, new addition who has now had a couple days under uh, his belt with the Whitecaps, uh, Stephen Bettishore. He's another guy that's going to be able to contribute from the, from the wide areas. Uh, what do you guys think of his first couple days in camp? I haven't seen too much of him. I, I was kind of more focusing on the other players. I, I watched him a little bit this morning, and he, he seems good. He seems sharp. But I liked his attitude in his press scrum yesterday that he wants to learn, he wants to share the knowledge that he's got as well, he wants to take a leadership role, and I, I, I think he's going to be a good acquisition. Brenton Walters did an interesting piece about his value, because we've been told, nothing's confirmed yet, that he could be making over 200000 which would be like a four times increase on his salary. To bring that money in, he has to earn it, just not on the pitch, but also on the training field and off the pitch by mentoring the young players. And it's going to be interesting to see that if they're really confident going with him, who they then go with as a backup. Obviously, I did an interview on AFTN with Jordan Cyrus, Ethan Samson's the other guy in camp. I still think we could see another more experienced guy coming in, but maybe not somebody that's going to be on too much money because if you're paying a guy over 200000 you're expecting him to play every single game apart from when he's away, maybe on international duty. The, uh, the one thing you were talking about about him... Being taking a leadership role, he jumped right in. It didn't seem like he um, on the pitch. He was he was very uh, outspoken. He was communicating well. Sometimes players, when they come into new situations, take their uh, take a couple days to do. But he didn't at all. He he was right in there and and sc- shouting instructions to the younger players. Yeah, he he has this confidence and this like maturity and steadiness, and I think that that bodes well. Like yeah, when you you talk to him, you hear him talk, and yeah, there's a, there's a, a maturity, a confidence with him that I think will be good for for whoever the younger guy 
players are behind him in that role and in in the team. Uh, It's a good point about what is his value, what do we bring him in on, and obviously we won't know that until the first first, uh, salary uh, numbers come out from the the union or whatever, but um, I, I think... It's a positive thing for, our, I think, our club to fill this hole, to get a person of quality, a player of quality in that position, and hopefully um, by the time the union number union numbers come out, like you said, he'll have justified whatever he's on. Yeah, and the thing is, whatever he's on wage-wise, it's also you have to take into account that they spent allocation money to acquire him as well. Um, and so if if 75 is a minimum, you would think a guy out of contract, maybe you have to spend like 150 to 200 to acquire him. So that took a chunk out of the the Camilo fund, I guess. And, yeah. But it's I think it's worth it for a, a, a guy who's one year removed from being an all star right back. But in the I mean the opaque world of, of MLS rules and and dealings, we'll ne- the, the unfortunate thing is we'll never know unless this, you know. And even if it's leaked, we'll never know for sure how much no. they actually paid for him. So. Yeah. So another another position that uh, needs to be filled, obviously, is um, the backup goalkeeper's position. They have Simon Thomas in. Um, he was his contract was renewed. Uh, they have a couple of young guys in uh, Marco Carducci and Nolan Worth, and obviously they have David Osted, the number one from last year. But there was talk last night on on Twitter. Uh, Pete Chad actually tweeted it out that they might be looking at a more experienced uh, MLS backup. Um, we heard an age range of what the, the per, that goalkeeper would be, and by looking at the, the players that are available, some of the players that come fit those boxes are Joe Willis from DC United. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. Jeff Antonella from RSL, and Brian Rowe from LA Galaxy. So, uh, do you what based on what you guys seen? Do you think they need to go outside the thing, or is Simon Thomas more? Would it be more beneficial for him to go outside and play, become a starter somewhere, and then bring him back maybe down the road? Simon Thomas is at an age where yeah, he needs to be playing. I think that's well documented and stuff. But I, I would, it would be, it would be kind of sad if they didn't renew his contract, invited him into preseason with no intention of, of giving him a contract, like just having him here to make up the numbers. That would be. Again, disappointing on just how we deal with players and people front. Understandable why they would do it. Well, but we we don't know if he's been told what he's been. You know, we don't know what he's been told. He might be no. know this situation coming in as well. Yeah, but the club obviously has a plan, right? If their plan, if their intentions were never to to just bring him in to make up the keeper numbers, that would be kind of disappointing. But uh, and and then it would be like, how long does this is this number two? We're we bringing him in on for a year or two. Is Simon going to really want to be the number three again? Is that then stunting uh, Marco Carducci's growth if he's not the number three because he's sharing time with Nolan and the U18 and maybe PDL and all that kind of stuff? So I think again, what's the we we don't know, but what is the bigger picture? Like obviously we feel all feel more confident if we had an experienced MLS backup in case something happens to David or whatever, or or rotating a little bit here and there. But I I I I really hope that they're not just kind of messing around with Simon Thomas. Well, Simon does need to be playing, and I mean, we've talked about this before, there's a chance that the Whitecaps could keep him on a contract, get him loaned out to a Scandinavian team to get some serious minutes next season, and that's what he needs, and that would be good for him. Because Marius is still a big fan of his, there's, there's no doubt about that, Definitely. so it, it could be something that he's arranging for him to go somewhere to get those experience days. And, and games is a priority for him, right? So even if he was our number two, that's still a question mark, yeah. how many games would he actually get? And I do feel that we need to have a more experienced guy in, someone that's played in MLS, somebody that can push Eisted, but also 
I used to suggest like a sending off or a, an injury away from the, the caps possibly being in a giant mess. So I'm expecting that we will see either by the end of this week or start of next week a new goalkeeper in the camp. Carl Robinson dropped a big hint about that yesterday in the press scrum. We'll just listen to what he had to say yesterday about that. Yeah, we are looking at a backup keeper. Uh, obviously, we've got Simon in here as well, and obviously Nolan and Carducci, the two young kids, are, are pushing as well, which I want to take a look at them in pre-season. But we, we are keeping our options open there, yeah. Would you prefer to go with a veteran back there, or, are you, or could a kid win a job? A kid could win a job. Yeah, so you know, I haven't made my mind up. I'm open with that, but I need someone who's going to push David and be competitive to David, and probably be, have to be called on at some stage. So, you know, if I don't feel that the rookie is right, then um, I'll look elsewhere. So, from Carl's comments there, I mean, to me, it sounds like we, we could be getting a keeper. Joe Willis would be an interesting one. He, he really, uh, I think he's pref- played against the Whitecaps twice actually, and he's beaten them twice or something, mm-hmm. like, something to that effect. He's really performed well, and if if we look at the the one thing we look at, we look at the uh, Voyagers Cup. Uh, usually the backup is the one that's playing in those games. And having a guy like Joe Willis could really, because he's, he's a shot stopper and he's, he's done really well in, in, in times when Bill Hamid's gone off to the U.S. national team. So uh, he's, he's played about, I think, 20 MLS games or so, something to the, around that number. So it could be a good pickup. He's on, a, at this point, a very low salary. He's at, a, at the minimum. But, and uh, now the other two guys are, are as well. And it could be something that maybe he does. Maybe gets a little bit of a boost. He could be out of, one of those three guys. Could be out of contract too. That's why they're not able to sign him. The reason why I think Joe Willis might be the guy is because the, their number three guy is his name is Andrew Dykstra. He was actually the USL Pro Goalkeeper of the Year last year. So they might be just trying to move Joe on and maybe getting him a chance to play somewhere else. So if Willis or somebody like him came in and Thomas went on loan to a club overseas. That leaves the number three spot open for Marco Carducci. Now, I caught up with Marco at training yesterday. It was his first day back because he actually had an exam on Monday morning, so he couldn't make training on Monday. So I had a really good chat with Marco about the successes of last season, how focused he is on this year, and what he needs to do to get an MLS contract. So, Marco, this is your, your first day back in camp. How did it feel to be out there today? Uh, it felt really good. Obviously, it's an exciting time for me and uh, I'm sure for the rest of the young boys as well. Uh, yesterday, I missed the morning because of an exam, so got that out of the way. Um, but now it's looking good. and uh, Like I said, I'm just really excited to be here, and it's a great opportunity for me You know, at the beginning of the season to be able to showcase myself in front of the first-team staff, and hopefully it's positive. Now, be- before we kind of look ahead to what th- this season might hold in store, just a quick look back onto last year. Yeah. 2013 was an amazing year for you. You were over at the World Cup, captain in Canada. H- how was that whole experience for you? Uh, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, it was definitely a huge learning experience for me. Um, obviously, you're playing in a World Cup against that kind of opposition, and just the, the atmosphere around it was was something that I've definitely learned from and a moment I'll, I'll cherish really. But uh, yeah, it was huge. Um, I was really happy to put in a few good performances there as well. And obviously as a team, we didn't go as far as we would have liked, but 
uh, it was just yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, not many people can say they play in a World Cup, whether that's senior men's or U17. It's still a huge achievement. So I was very proud of that for myself, and it was definitely um, key in my development because it was another kind of stepping stone to to now what's ahead for me. So yeah, it was important. But like I said, now I'm looking forward to to what comes after. And you, you won back-to-back Canadian Men's Under-17 Player of the Year. Yeah. What does getting that kind of recognition, like from from journalists and from like Canada Soccer, what does that mean to you and do for you going forward to give you confidence for for getting an MLS contract yeah. and getting a career in football? Yeah, uh, no, it was it was great. I mean, obviously winning it in 2012 was, was very exciting for me, and then to be able to do it again last year was just uh, it was awesome. I was very very excited, of course, and proud to win the award. And yeah, like I said, it was just another another piece of the puzzle that, you know, like, it just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just an award, it's just something, and, uh, you know, it, like I said, it's a huge honour to win it, but it's uh, a motivation for me as well to know that, you know, I can, I can do this and I can just keep working hard, and like I said, it's another, just another push for me, you know, getting this chance now is another push to, to try to make it through, and like I said, it was a, it was a huge honour for me, but of course there was countless people, and and coaches and everybody that helped me get there so it was really great now talking about motivations you've you've got the the big motivation and that there's only one signed goalkeeper at the moment on on the Whitecaps books knowing that and knowing that at the moment it's yourself and Simon in camp does that give you something really to work for are you obviously you can't say for definite that you're going to get an MLS contract but are you hoping that at the end of this that's what's going to happen oh 100% that's everybody's goal who's a part of the the preseason roster I mean uh to see that um, when they when they announced all the the contracts that they either declined for the options, uh, when I saw that right away, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, I mean, of course, like I said, it's it's just uh, you see, and it was another motivation for me to see that they only had one signed goalkeeper. I said, why why not me? And so, like I said, I've just been working hard, taking it day by day, and hoping hoping. Uh, the goal is to get an MLS contract. And what, what do you feel you have to show in the camp to, to get that contract? I mean, you just got to do everything you've been doing. I mean, we've instilled with all the, from the residency, we know what to expect. Uh, of course, you know, you're playing with men, you're playing with pros, so you got to be at their level. Um, but of course, you got to show that, you know, I can eventually, maybe it might not be this year or the next, but eventually be an MLS starter. And I mean, that's my goal, to be here to start an MLS. And uh, you're just going to have to work hard every day and show them that you want it. Now there's a lot of other residency guys in the camp. Does having your teammates that you've played with for the last couple of years out there really help coming into this environment? There's familiar faces, there's mm-hmm. players that you, you've known for years. Yeah, definitely. It's good to to be in the same shoes as some of the guys, and you know we can kind of share the experience together. And it's nice to have some familiarity around it. But there definitely is. I mean, a lot of the first team guys uh, I've had the chance to be around and, and train with previously so it's nothing extremely new but of course it's, it's nice to have some of your some of my close friends from the residency uh in the same same you know boat as me right now as in like Bustos and Kians and uh you know it, that, that obviously really helps but like I said I mean the coaching staff and everybody have always been very familiar with with us and that just was a really nice connection from the move from residency to the chance to be here like I said so it helps for sure. Now, Gordon's obviously moved up from the residency now to being first-team coach. What do you think he's done for you since coming into the residency? And is it good to know that somebody that knows you so well is now in charge of or assistant yeah, with the, the, yeah. the MLS team? Oh, 100%. Uh, full credit to Gordon. Like From the day he came in, 
uh, almost almost two years ago, I think now, or a year and a half, he uh, he really made an impact on the residency, and he definitely deserved it, and we were all excited for him when we got the news that he moved up, but of course, for us, again, that was another thing, like, you know, he's been with us, he knows all about us, and hopefully, you know, we can use it to our advantage as well, To you got to keep showing, you can't live on what you did in the past, same for me, you can't live on, you know, I won the player of the year last year, doesn't mean something's going to be put on a platter, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was great, great to see that for Gordon because, of course, it's another thing that uh, helps kind of tie the gap between the residency and the first team, uh, which will be something important for us. Now, next week you're going down to Arizona. You've not been down to, to the camp down there before. Have the guys that's been down before told you what to expect? There's a rookie talent night. Are you prepared yeah. for things like that? Well, they're not. I haven't heard much yet, but I know there's always something like that when you're kind of coming up, and uh, when you're the young guy, you're definitely always going to have a bit of uh, some sort of uh, prank or talent show, so maybe I'll start thinking about what I'm going to do, but there'll definitely be something. I'll be ready, or I'll try to be ready. <laughs> That's great. Thanks so much, Marco. Good luck for the rest of the camp, so and much. we hope we see you in the MLS Appreciate squad come it. March. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. As always, great talking to Marco. He's, he's such a, a mature guy. He's really got his head on his shoulders. And it's great to know how hungry he is to, to have a, a contract in Vancouver. And I, I think it's going to really work out for him. Marco is uh, an incredibly mature uh, young man who has his head on his shoulders, who has great shot-stopping abilities, um, and is continuing to develop and grow as a keeper and as a, as a footballer. And, yeah, I th- we would do well to... Um, to work with him and his agent to uh, make sure that he has a, a long uh, future um, here in Vancouver. Yeah, I think the, the the pipeline is very strong for Whitecaps goalkeepers. Not even Carducci, even Nolan Worth has shown in training that he's really standing out there with everybody else. Um, and, and even guys like in the residency, like Aiden Allward, and there's even more guys in there that are coming up. So it's encouraging to see. The only problem is, is if this is the one position the Whitecaps are the strongest at developing, they only have one on the field at a time, and one plays most games anyways. I know it's unfortunate for the likes of Callum Irving that's going to be finishing college in a couple of years and stuff like that. But it's it's a good conveyor belt that we've done. Nolan, I think, will will probably go down the college route as well. So, I mean, good luck to him with that. Give him a a few more years of, of development. Now, the Whitecaps aren't training on Thursday. They've got the day off. They'll be back at UBC on Friday and then training on Monday morning before they head off to Casa Grande for 10 days. We'll wrap this podcast up, but before we go, just a couple of things that's coming up on AFTN. If you haven't seen it already, we've got a really good interview up with Marco Bustos. And we also spoke to Carl Robinson just to kind of get his thoughts on on Marco and, and how he's shown in camp so far. On Thursday, we're going to have an interview with draftee defensive midfielder Michael Cafari, who's a University of Mexico Lobos alumni. And he's, he's such a great guy to talk to. We, we spoke to him for about 15, 20 minutes, so, so watch out for that. Friday, we're going to be back with another podcast, and we've got a couple more interviews that we're going to run over the weekend and into next week. So just before we go, just a quick once round the table, tell everyone where they can find you online. Zach. Uh, Zachary A.M. on Twitter. The movement is Curva Collective. And my name is Steve Pander, and you can find me on Twitter at, at WhitecapsBeat. 
And I'm Michael McCall, and you can find me online at AFTN Canada. Send us an email at AFTNCanada at hotmail.com, and you can read all our stuff on AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca. As always, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this show. We'll be back on Friday. And until then, take care and mourn the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.